Hi, everybody. It's the corner church team. <laughs> and we're doing, welcome to another corner conversation. Uh, this Today, we're continuing to talk through our way. Jeepers. Talk through our way. <gasps> it's it's okay. Yeah, we're walking through, walking through Genesis. Genesis. And today, Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel. Emil. Which we did go? How did I do? We started. I, that's a solid four out of ten. No, no, no. Solid no, no. If, if it was any other week, but he started the Tower of Babel conversation at we 10 out of 10. And we am. I think you understand. Get it. Mm. I got oh. it. Oh, yeah. I should, have, I should have done this in Klingon. Wait, do you know? No. Or into the rest of it in Big Latin. It's not happening. Abel May. Albert <laughs> I Do you? I don't know. Are you guys? Do you guys enjoy? Do you speak? I don't even know this answer. Do you guys speak any other languages? Yeah, about I can count ten in a few different languages. We. I count ten in Turkish. Ooh, that's pretty good. I can't do that. I was really hoping not to be the most multilingual. I took Spanish um, in college, and I took French in junior high, but it's just all gone. Nothing's there. Um, I mentioned this a long time ago when, when we just got back from Jordan, uh, when we were there working with some people there, and we did a like a 90-minute Arabic class. And my takeaway from that is that, boy, if I had to do that 20 hours a week for two years, that I would hate it. Mm-hmm. It was so hard. Yeah. Maybe a language is so, so, so it's hard. Well, you have to practice all the time. Otherwise, it doesn't stick. Like, nothing sticks. And it, it is super helpful that you live there and you're totally immersed in it and all mm-hmm. that. But it just is. Um, there are some things that I feel like I can mentally give a ton of capacity to and not feel just killed at the end of it. But mm-hmm. that would just. So I really liked lang- like learning different languages. Those classes were always fun, but it just it doesn't stick unless you practice it often. And I don't know. Like I feel like I can do step one pretty well, but then step two where you're like actually yeah. fluent or you know, that just I mean I'm barely fluent. How you feel about language things is how I feel about trying to fix anything. Really? Like oh. anything like mechanical like hmm. i know I, I could do it but i, I want to kill somebody at the same time really but i kind of like that stuff i like figuring things out i did not enjoy installing an espresso machine without scott really you could ask you can ask michael and maltz like electricity is not my favorite thing <laughs> yep. so Hello. when i was very pregnant i was changing my mom's um like their pendant, whatever, their lights on my ceiling. And I don't think anybody turned the electricity off. And so I got a, like a tiny zap, like nothing terrible, but a little tiny zap. And my mother, she just, she freaked. I mean, obviously, like you get a little zap and she was like, are you okay? I was like, I promise, I'm fine. It was just tiny, but I, I like changing like fixtures. Yeah. Who was so, the kid? Uh, I think it was Grace. Um, she's <laughs> she's fine. <laughs> fine. I do have a little child. 
there is there's something not really I, the ability to communicate is so remarkable and when you're in a place where you have it at least depleted by some for whatever reason it can be just that somebody just is deciding not to talk or be helpful or, or yeah but um the that that connecting place the way that that it's such an important part to relationship it's just like how everything works because yeah. people communicate and we think about like a lot of rage moments in life are probably somewhere there's a part of it is a communication breakdown mm-hmm. it's a real rage or whatever oh yeah all those different things there's communication is a thing yeah text <laughs> yes trying to communicate through text <laughs> yeah yeah and so um and it just takes so much effort and it's not really tied into really this i mean there's language as part of the story yeah it's a big part Small part. Small part. I mean, it's part of the reset. It was, it was, I mean, a consequence of the story. Yeah. But do you think that before this, everyone spoke the same language? I mean, I'm not saying everybody did, but that was they did part of that story that starts with how they all spoke the same language. Yeah. Uh, I do think that. The repetition that we've said over and over again is that there is a a portion of reset or or ideal or a right relationship with God, and then humanity predictably breaks it, and then there is consequences from that, and then there is restoration or restart, which is really really costly, and that's what language comes into this. That that's the tool. Yep, humanity. Bye in this this area had probably something that was pretty rare in human history where they like have excess of time energy effort mm-hmm. things were going pretty well and so in their excess and their capability they said let's build a tower to be eager yeah. with god and there's again being a reader of it there's some complexity in the narrative it's like you know if they are all in unity in this there's nothing they can't accomplish and that being not necessarily a great thing, but again, it's this line that we'll maybe talk more about this morning, but the, there's a big difference between being in the image of God and then trying to be an equal with God, which is what was happening. And as they're building the tower, uh, God throws them the reset was to make it so that communication was broken. Yeah. And uh, they scattered. So weird. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because it's like there's, a lot of it started with this like, this fear of being scattered. Like, yeah. they were like, let's build this tower, make a name of ourselves so we can all, because they were afraid of being scattered. And it's like, I don't feel like we talk a ton about that, but there is like this response to fear. I mean, we might talk about it, but in this, in this moment, we didn't talk a lot about it, but there's a response to fear and that response is control. <laughs> like, yeah. how can I have power? How can I have control? How can I be the decision maker and the powerful one? And what were you going to say? I was just thinking in today's speak, just think like how hard would it be for us to get anything done if Scott could only communicate by email, Rachel only by Slack, Greg only by text, and I could only call people. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if if you're really good at those things. If no one else can has yeah. access to that or can, yeah. then it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. It's just, 
Just interesting. It would be interesting. You wouldn't go well. <laughs> Are we videoing today? What? Oh. <laughs> and this communication. The the thing though is that as you bring up in that is that uh, it's so powerful in our culture to try to do a lot of things mm -hmm. to like, hold things together. And so there is in like the I mean, it's very prevalent in family, it's prevalent in work and for sure in church it's like well we really need a gathering point to really keep us together because then in in that we can accomplish a lot mm -hmm. and that like run-on sentence is a what can be the backstory behind that is a considering yourself as equal to god mm -hmm. and uh like that's kind of intense to say or maybe it's like that's a little harsh but think about the moment when you just say we need to have a person or a thing be our gathering point so that we together can be sufficient and capable and it can be perpetuate, can continue, can have greatest impact. Uh, and there's no internal or external processing of a need or dependence or relationship with God. It's mm -hmm. part of any of that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think these stories mm -hmm. are very overt, like, like they're extreme. Yeah. But... I feel like this is stuff that we deal with constantly is mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to do it on our own or have power or, um, how can I move forward or forgetting to say, okay, like, how do I include God in this and trying to do things on our own? Yep. I feel like it's, it's like, it's just a pattern that we repeat as humans. Like, how do we? especially self-sufficient or trying to be self-sufficient Americans or whatever. I feel like this is just, it's just a constant yeah. story. Huh. This morning we talked about, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I don't want it to know. No, but I, I'll, I'll, let me say this and then you'll make it all make sense. Don't forget. Don't forget. <laughs> but the, we were talking about this earlier this morning is that the, uh, it's very simple to say um, you were created in God's image but you are not God. That's simple to say and to say, yeah, that's good. I Sure, I can see that. But then to actually live and embody that is mm -hmm. so much more complicated. And so uh, that's, that's the beauty of the repetition of the Genesis narrative, of this narrative. Uh, but the complexity is, is that sure, you don't get it, but getting it, actually getting it, living it out is, is so different. Mm -hmm. I was gonna say, I think, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's a mindset thing. Like, if you look back on God doesn't make crap, right? Mm -hmm. So you look back on it is very good, and then you realize like God just makes things that ain't crap. Yeah, oh yeah, we we do dumb stuff, <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying that the stuff we don't we do it. <laughs> but but uh, when you look at it, like God has given the ability for us to do all this good stuff. It's really where the where the glory goes, because when when we do stuff right, if we're doing stuff and realizing, oh yeah, God made this possible because, mm. and we do good things, that glory goes to God. But if we go, I'm going to be self sufficient and I'm just not going to even acknowledge that, then that's where we get into that issue. Mm -hmm. And I think it is prevalent in our culture and where we are and all that. But just the mind, like the mindset shift of, oh yeah. God did this, so we yeah. can do this. Changes it, it's it's so simple and so difficult. Mm. 
Yeah. In the same way, but it just changes mm-hmm. how everything works. Well, we go ahead. Are you going to say more? Oh, well, I don't miss. I, I could, I could keep saying more, but it wouldn't be good. <laughs> so like, I think we talked a lot about how God trusts us. Like he gives us, he empowers us and he gives us ability to make decisions and like asks us to go and do this. Like he, he put us on this earth to subdue it and, you know, make it better and all of that. At the same time, in that trust, like we can so quickly just do our own thing and not even yeah. wrecking that. I feel like, like, I, I think I agree with what you're saying, but I also feel like it can be so minor, like that we want to be the God of ourselves, you know, like we want to be in charge of ourselves. And I feel like, I mean, this could just be my old school theology. I don't know, but like, I feel like it's so easy for me to just go about my day and not think, okay, like, I'm in charge here versus God being in charge here. I don't know. But in relating with God, it, you can, we've, we've talked about it repeatedly throughout the series now all the time, this about the complexity with reality relating to or having a relationship with God. But probably an impasse is that if you feel um, like you have to invite God in as a participant of your life, as opposed to seeing, you know, my life is because of my relationship with yeah. God. You know, my capability is out of my relationship with God. My, uh, the, the, I need to give credit and focus on him. Uh, if you just say, yeah, God, where are you in all the stuff that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Like, actually it might be pretty impossible to have a relationship with God if that is your mentality. And that's what we see here in this text is like, we're, we got to stay together. We got to build this tower. We're going to have equality with God. It's going to keep everybody close. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, where is God mentioned in the story except for in the judgment or the dispersing? And, yeah. and it wasn't because God wasn't there or wasn't active. It was because they just didn't want it. Yeah. I wonder if like the, the language we use makes it kind of confusing because like it's really common to say like to be like the goal is to be Christ-like instead of like the goal is to have deeper relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So it changes us. And I wonder if like in that be Christ like it, there's like this motivation. And I think we see it lived out in the modern church of like idolization of church over trying to be more deeper followers of God. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that like that comes into play. And if you like, compare that to like any other relationship in your life it it would be weird if you were trying to be more or emulate somebody like that like in the same way like your spouse or even like the best person you know and there is value of being yeah more like them but also uh that gets free. Yeah. I can get weird really quick. <laughs> I wonder if that's yeah. what happens. Like, yeah. like that's a really, I feel like that's such a good. We idolize being, we idolize being like God more than we do having a relationship with God yeah. sometimes. Like with my husband, like just having a relationship with him. Like I think after, over time you start to, you have some similarities. Like you kind of, you start to learn from each other and hopefully grow as people but like just trying to be more like mike i mean i would be very difficult for me because we are so different yeah. but like i mean that doesn't mean that 
you have any sort of relationship. Like that can happen from far away even just watching instead of being in relationship. Yeah. We've, we've talked about it a couple of times, but to just say it in this recorded world is that <laughs> this story should be uh, a bright, flashy, running light to our modern Christian world. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to keep people together. We want to have a, we want to gather people. Let's, let's build something to be on par, equal with God that'll allow us to do all things. And uh, it, all this whole, it's like a parable of what um, church can be. And if you, if you see the gathering point as what we're making, as opposed to gathering, our focal point being Christ. And, uh, you know, it's something that we've, we talk about all the time is that life and relationship with God, salvation is a directional thing as opposed to a destination thing. And if the thing that we're pointing towards is the greatness of organization, entity, or leader, uh, it'll, the parable says that it, it might, it's good. It's going to be scattered. <laughs> yeah. But if the focal point, the gathering point, like the, the directional point is towards, towards the reality of God, relationship with him, uh, the grace of Christ, um, then it's, it's radically different. It may have so many crossovers in appearance, maybe, but the, what we're really aiming towards and what we're really trying to build to aim towards has to be Christ. Otherwise the parable says, yeah, restart. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I think like all these stories we talked about, like in Genesis so far, like there are some really hard outcomes, hmm. but the emotions of those stories, like they could have looked different. The emotions could have still been the same, but looked different. Like we talked a little bit about this. Like if Eve was tempted by Satan or the snake, but she said like, Hey God, what am I supposed to do in this moment? Yeah. Or if like Cain was angry with Abel and like, I mean, that feeling of jealousy or rejection, like that would have been a real feeling, but to say, okay, like, like that hurts God. Like that felt bad. And it's like, I thought I was doing what I was supposed to, and it felt bad. And I, what am I supposed to do with these? Yeah. What do I do with this? And it's like, if this moment, like Noah and all of it, like all these moments, if we brought God into this story, instead of doing it on our own, it it could have looked different. I Mm -hmm. mean, the imperfections still would have been there. Even like Cain after he killed Abel, like God said, I'm going to put this mark of protection on you. And instead he goes to build a city to protect himself. And then his generations become more and more violent after him. And it's like, what if he said, all right, like I killed Abel. I did a terrible thing. God, you said you're protecting me. And there's consequences. Like what does relationship with you look like now? Instead of spiraling out of control, it just looks it looks different. Yeah, and I think the, like the epitome example in response to that is Jesus in the garden when he goes, this is the worst. Mm-hmm. God, this is this cup is unbearable, but not my will, yours be done. Yeah. That was him the verbalizing of what is internal. And uh, when we go, again, it's like the Tower of Babel, the like being in the image of God, but also like God is to go, this is a really tough moment, yeah. hard decisions, feeling lots of things. All right, I got to get things figured out. Let's go. Yeah. And uh, that is how so our culture mm-hmm. It's like, all right, um, you're struggling, you're failing. There's issues, there's problems. 
get your stuff together. Yeah. And uh, to that is a moment of being equal with God as opposed to being in the image of God, a needy relationship. Yeah. I really liked the prayer you popes put at the end, like just the different prayers. I'm just trying to find it. And the conclusion where it's like, can you feel this prayer? God, I got this. I don't need you. I don't want your help. I'm fine. It's going to be great. It's up to me. Like, I think that it's up to me is pretty strong. So back off. I got this. Amen. <laughs> First, he was like, God, thank you for giving me capacity and capability. But it's that I still need you and trust you. I'm not called to be passive. I'm not called to be indifferent. I'm not called to be mindless. I'm not called to be inferior. But in that, I'm also not called to be arrogant. And it's just like, I hate that. Right? <laughs> what? Why did, that feel like I, why did that feel like a bunch of the cuts? I don't know. <laughs> stuff. But just that moment of going, yeah, like this is... Like, we're going to do crappy things. We're going to jump, do jump. We're going to hurt. We're going to hurt people. And it's like, I can't do it on my own. I don't got this on my own. And how do I, how do I bring you in my mess? Instead of trying to fix my mess by myself. Richie's wrap up. Richie's wrap up. I have to do the book. I am going to make sure. We need to put some, some lo-fi beats <laughs> Uh, no, just the, all of this, like they could have built the same tower in the same spot with the focus on God gave us creativity. So we're going to build something that points to him and it would be different. It's uh, it's like, I mean, we are just, I was laughing because I thought of another old corny dad joke. That's like a Jesus dad joke. I think my dad has actually spoken it from the pulpit a couple of times. But it was the thing where it's like, modern day science comes to God and says, hey, God, we think we can make a human better than you can. And God's like, all right, but we're going to do it the same way that I did. And the scientists are like, okay. And they bend down and pick up some dirt. And God goes, oh, you got to get your own dirt. <laughs> right? And I think that's the just the mind the mindset of God created. God did this stuff. And even in that last prayer, thank you for giving me capacity and capability. Like God made good stuff. Yeah. Now our mindset needs to be to focus on him and to make sure that we are, we are recognizing him in all the stuff that we are doing. And when we do that, we're not going to build towers that are meaningless and get scattered, but we're going to build things that point to him and that glorify him ahead of us. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he gives me some Bye. <laughs>